Hey, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't uh, find a uh, USB cable. Uh, well, that's not a good way to start. We got. Tell them about the aliens for a minute. We got cables. Uh, we got cables for days in this room. This room feels like it's eighty percent made of cables. It might be. It might be. At least they all work now. I got rid of the rusted one. The rusted br- br- ones. The rusted ones. Uh, thanks to y'all for supporting the show. We no longer have broken cables because of you, <laughs> patreon.com slash what if podcast. We can now afford to have shit that works when, hey, I, when I can find it. What's up, man? Hi, buddy. I feel like it's been a really long time since we've been in this room. I think it's been the- It's been the exact same amount of time that it's been normally. I correct. don't know why I feel that way. I just feel that way. Well, that's- uh, Did you get abducted? You got missing time? Um- no, I mean, if I had missing time, wouldn't, if anything, it would feel like it was more recent? Like, I was just here three days ago. Like, no, you weren't. Mm, right. You were here seven days ago. Oh. I've never well. been good at math. But yes, you're right. It's okay. Neither neither I, neither I. Uh, yeah, man, the same, old, same old shit, you yeah. know, making beats and reading about aliens. That's pretty much how it goes around here. <laughs> pretty much my <laughs> motherfucking lifestyle. Hanging out with a little fuzzy guy who's now a giant fuzzy guy. Oh, he's so big. That boy... Big, yeah, man. What's uh, what's going on with you? I'm pretty good, man. I'm pretty good. I'm going to Los Angeles tomorrow. Yeah, are yeah. you hosting a meetup? I'm not hosting a meetup, dicks. But if you see uh if you see a tall ass, uh, extremely like Minnesota pale white dude, tromping the streets of Los Angeles over the next five days. Uh, know. are you, are you Six working? Days. What are you doing out there? No, it's, hanging? um, we, we got a, we got a family event, uh, mm. we're going out there for, and we tack some days on uh, both ends of it to kind of just, just chill. Where are you staying? Um, <laughs> not like the address. <laughs> I mean like downtown, Silver Lake, uh, no, we're, Echo well, Park. we're in, uh, we're spending the first few days actually in Beverly Hills just to be super centrally located. Oh. Cause you bougie motherfucker Bougie uh, And then we are in the valley In the Studio City area uh, Cause you still a bougie motherfucker second half of it I see how it is What you you said Silver Lake man Silver Lake is so much bougier than Studio City <laughs> it's, it's like hipster bougie though Everybody's got debt over there uh, I think everybody's trying to look poor But they're really rich in Silver right. Lake Yeah it might be the opposite of what it I might just be the said opposite. Yeah, yeah you're right you're right uh, But no man I'm excited to be in LA Yeah I, I'm not I'm I can't do a, there's too much family shit going on uh, for me to actually do a meetup, but I'm going to be out in LA. I don't and if, that. if you see your for boy, a second. if you see your boy, holler at your boy. I'm going to, before Ryan leaves, I'm going to like turn on location, <laughs> share, I'm going to share his location with my phone. It's, and then I'm going to like Instagram live his location from my phone so you guys can go find him. Bro, that's also my Instagram as well. So I'll see. No, if, no, 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 for mine. Okay. Just for my own. Yeah. Great, 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 great. Right. Or I'll like Patreon lens it or whatever the fuck it's called. I, I'm just, I'm going to have to listen to this episode all the way through the end because Spencer's going to do the episode and the music's going to fade out. He's going to, at the very end of the edit, just be like, yeah, Ryan's staying at this hotel at such His a, phone such a number <laughs> is 612. I don't, I don't hey. think I even have your phone number memorized. No, I, memorized. I definitely don't have yours memorized. How many phone numbers do you really even have memorized anymore? Um, probably single digits. Yeah, I know my wife's. I know my like my dad and my brother and my dad's house. Although I don't know if he still has that phone because I never call it. My my parents' house one is gone. I still remember the number, but it's not right. a number anymore. 
Um, I know like I know our voicemail at the podcast probably better than I know anyone else's still, phone number. I still don't have that one, honestly. You really can't do it? No. Try uh, it. Try it right now. Really try it. Like actually try it. Six one two. Yep. Two four six. Yep. Uh oh. Four I know it's like a bunch of twos and fours and sixes. Uh-huh. Four six. Yeah. Two four? One four. But Shit. you were super close. See, I thought it was one four and the problem is it's really close to my wife's phone number mm-hmm. and I get to the second half of it and then and you don't remember. I want to say her phone number, but I know that's not it. You also don't want to read your wife's phone number no, out on the podcast. That, obviously. <laughs> and it's not that close. No, but so, I'm saying but, that's why you hesitate because you're like, oh right, shit, right, right. If, yeah, I, exactly, if I do this wrong, exactly. the consequences are steep. Right, right, right. We haven't played voicemails in a while. We haven't gotten a ton in, uh, recently, but if you do want to leave a voicemail for us, it's 612-246-4614. Uh, and uh, yeah, maybe we'll play some next week because now that I've said it for the first time in a few weeks, maybe we'll get a handful. Did, did we talk about the contact in the desert shit on this show or the Patreon show last we week? We talked about it on the paid episode because okay. um, we I'm, we planned our LA adventures poorly. You're going did. tomorrow, and I'm going at the end of the month to go to contact in the desert, <sighs> and you're not coming with me because we didn't plan well. And we couldn't have figured out a way to just slightly overlap this and do an LA show like we've well, done been talking about. I'll s- mm, do I want to volunteer for this right now? Uh oh. I have an off day in. Nah, no, I don't want to volunteer. <laughs> I'm no, I don't. I don't know if logistically it's going to work or not, and I don't want to commit to something and then have to not do it later. Uh huh. So. Uh huh. Uh huh. But contacting desert is going to be lit. And I'm well, going you should, in and out of LA ex- you should explain with- what that means. Well, if you're listening to our show and don't know what contact in the desert is, you've done goofed and you should Google it. But it's like the biggest of all the alien UFO weird shit conferences. Yes. Uh, speakers this year include Jacques Vallée, Giorgio Salukalos, Eric Von Daniken, uh, Richard, Richard Dolan, Linda Moulton Howe, all the biggins. All the biggins. No cop face, unfortunately, or fortunately, unfortunately. depending on how you look at it. Well, be entertaining. Just hit him with the. <laughs> Should I just okay. bring like a, a boombox and the oh, and the soundboard? Man, <laughs> get kicked out. You could just on the first day. Just get like a jam box or a fucking pill or whatever, and you could just hold it up in the air, turn it all the way up to eleven. But then I wouldn't be able to generate sweet content for you guys. No, you would because you could totally no, just I'd get kicked out. Oh, they're not putting up with that shit. I was thinking you could be whispering into a microphone while you're hitting buttons on your pad, like heckling and recording at the same time. Guys, Linda just said they're cutting our cats in half. You guys. <laughs> I have the soundboard, but I'm trying to do the noises that, for some reason. Linda, uh, guys, Linda, Linda literally. Did you ever think maybe this guy's bullshitting you? <laughs> guys, Linda's bullshitting everyone here, and she's telling the same damn lasers cutting our cats in half story she told when we were at... Mile High Mysteries Club. Those two are fucking dumb. It ain't a goddamn mystery anymore, Linda. You've told everybody about your goddamn cat's cut in half theory. It's solved. Anyway. Solved, in quotation marks. If anyone's going to that, say hi. I'll be I'll be wandering around with a dude with a bunch of weird head tattoos. <laughs> Look for us. Which, to clarify, it's is not, not me, it's by not the Ryan. way, mm-hmm. uh, for I'm those not, of you I'm who don't know. I'm not going to say his name for the sake of... Anonymity. Well, he's been on the show before. Oh, that's can, true. It's can... Andrew Bush. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be with me, and he has been on the show before. I forgot about that. It's your boy. We, we played his music last week. We did play his music last week. Maybe we'll play it again at the end here. Um, but yeah, no, that'll be good. Uh, we do. I guess we reference it quickly, but we do do a second episode every single week. It's only five bucks a month, and you get access to eighty of them in the backlog. 
Plus, I'm fucking driving. Oh, no. oh, oh God. I'm, sometimes I miss. I meant to hit. Damn, yeah. that boy big. That back catalog is big. Damn, that boy loud. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, we, we won't we won't bore all y'all with all of the Contact in the Desert stuff, but uh, we are definitely going to talk about what happens at Contact in the Desert um, on the If you're show. on Patreon, you're going to get like That's to the saying. minute updates. I'm going to be live. Live streaming, live tweeting. Yes. Live videoing. All, all of that. Yeah. I'm going to bring some microphones. We'll see if we can get some interviews and or at least like goofy ass drops for the Ooh. show. We're going to have fun. Bro, if we can get Giorgio... So aliens. Well, whatever. We should talk about the shit we're going to talk about. All right. Let's talk about the shit we're going to talk about. Because there's plenty of it today. There is a plenty of shit. Sometimes I feel like I'm I'm struggling to like find enough uh, on brand content on some of these topics. Sure. And this one, there's like 10 times more than we actually need to fill an hour. Oh, man. So we should probably get to it. Um, We're talking about uh, Dulce. Yeah. Dulce Bass. A classic that I'm a little surprised it took us, whatever, 130 episodes to get to, whatever it's been. I um, I had never heard of it. Seriously? This is a full freshie for me. Whoa. Yes. I thought I could have sworn we've talked about it before. I don't think we have. Okay, fair enough. But I, as soon as we pried it open and I started looking at it, I was it's like- It's got to be familiar at least, right? Once you start getting into it. No, I don't know anything about this. I just like started researching this. See, okay. It was long before we started the podcast, but you and I watched Mirage Men together, didn't we? The documentary? Yeah, I think we did. Did we watch it at my house? No, it was, uh, we were on tour somewhere. You, me, and Mason watched it, I think. Yeah, that sounds... In like a a shitty hotel room somewhere in Wisconsin, probably. That sounds roughly correct. But... Yeah, the first, uh, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes of And I that definitely film, don't re- remember Mirage Men at all. It doesn't, like, get into the, the specifics of the base, but, like, the... Oh, oh and we can <laughs> get into some specifics today. Oh, oh. Anyway, it's, a, it's a, a primary theme of that film, which is maybe why I thought you and I had, like, gotten into it deeper. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we have, and I certainly don't think we have on the show. Mm. No, probably not. Maybe just, like, in passing or... I feel like maybe uh, we talked about it with Rob at one point in relation to some like weird alien hybrid or super soldier shit, but mm. it's one of those that like uh, because there's no actual information about it and it may or may not actually exist. There's tons of information about it. People attribute all sorts of wild shit to it, and lots of people claim to know things about it, and you can't disprove any of it, so it's just been floating around out there forever. Yeah, and I think the best part about it is there's a bunch of stuff on the internet about it. Yeah. But there's also a bunch of like real people who will for sure be like, no, nah, this is a thing. Like those interviews exist on the uh, on the interwebs. We got to keep a list of all the things we could claim that would be impossible to disprove, and then just start tossing them out there once in a while. Just just making our own. It's our it's our like as part of our marketing strategy. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm here for it. Like, prove I wasn't a super soldier. Yeah. Prove there aren't six floors deep underground alien bases in the New Mexico desert. I think one of the articles that I have literally says something to that effect in like a very awesome way. It's like, yeah, you can't prove that Dulce base is a thing that doesn't exist. <laughs> right. And you're like, well, yeah, but can you prove that it doesn't? Like, no. Dude, but that's you literally everything but we you talk can't about prove on this it show. Doesn't. And I'm like, we've well, been doing this for 130 yeah. episodes. 
I guess technically I fun. can't prove that it doesn't exist. Yeah. There's enough people who have said some interesting shit that uh, it's not, I don't think it's, well, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, the, the short version is it's alleged to be, alleged to be a underground military base in the New Mexico desert. Uh on or near Archuleta Mesa, which is about 170 miles north of Albuquerque, right along the New Mexico and Colorado border. Yeah, the the version of it that I was sort of reading on was basically saying that, like, it seems like the Mesa is almost a, um, like, it is the Mesa in a way. Could it be? Could and it if be? So. And if so... <laughs> <laughs> Could this Mesa, in fact, be an underground military base? And right. if so... Is it full of alien hybrids? Are there caged humans in yeah, the basement? Yeah. Um, there's also a town of Dulce, New Mexico, nearby, or where this base is supposedly underground. Yes. Um, but it's very small. It's about 3,000-ish people. Yep. Um, residents of Dulce or the surrounding area have claimed to see UFOs, moving lights, orbs, and a whole host of other unexplained things. Cattle mutilations. Cattle mutilation in the area, definitely. Bigfoot's um, here. And they've, we can get into this more later, but, um, was it the Flatwoods monster where we were talking about why a town or community may invested in perpetuating oh. stories like the Flatwoods monster, right? Uh, was it, Yeah, yeah, it, it was, was Flatwoods. Yep, yep. That may also apply here as this is a small, out-of-the-way community that has benefited uh, financially from um, being tied to some of these conspiracy theories and uh, legends and myths and so on. Yeah, it's become, because of where it is in New Mexico, it's... Um, it's not super far away from what we know as Area 51. It's also not super far away from Roswell. So yeah. for folks who are on the old, the old alien jaunt through New Mexico, um, Dulce, New Mexico has become the next stop. stop. Yeah. yeah. Um, for the last, I don't know if it's happening this year, but for the last three or so years, there's been a UFO conference, Dulce based UFO conference mm. at the, uh, the local casino slash hotel, which now we're talking, uh, you'd like to go. I mean, okay. I'm just yeah. saying like, if they're going to host it, I mean, you don't have to ask me twice for any of this shit. If they're going to host it at a casino and we can actually like. We can we can gamble while we like laugh at aliens. I look I looked on, doubly interested on TripAdvisor. It looked extremely sad. Oh well, um, and that old sounds and dirty. And that sounds significantly less fun. Like two rows of slots and like six nasty hotel rooms. But uh, oh, <laughs> anyway, and um, a total of six people go to the conference. Yeah. One speaker and five attendees. It's the dual say alien conference. Yes, <laughs> bummer. Um. I think that may be why it's not happening in 2019. Hey, uh, if you want to <laughs> look, just not growing it. I don't know why. <laughs> if you want to look at the other end of the, what's possibly going on there, if it exists spectrum, um, it's a highly secret 
highly secret. Um, I'm reading from reptoids.com right now, by the way. Reptoids? Which is a hell of a website. Should be Reptar. Mm, Do you think reptar.com is a website? Sorry, keep going. Was that the dude from Rugrats? Correct. Okay. (laughs) I don't think he has a website as a fictional dinosaur. (laughs) Fictional cartoon toy dinosaur? Carry on. Okay. Um, Uh, Reading from reptoids.com. I'll let you know what I A highly secret base operated by humans as well as reptilian aliens and their worker cast, the commonly encountered greys. So the greys are um, the, like, working class reptilians, I guess? Uh, Yeah, sure. That's... That's it is here, it. apparently, that a multitude of experimentation projects, just grammar on 10, are carried out. Primarily genetic experiments on kidnapped men, women, and children. And children. There are a myriad of other special... Nobody's getting spared out here! <laughs> there are a myriad of other specialty science projects taking place at the Dulce base, including, mm. but not limited to... Do they have trifold tagboard? limited <laughs> In their science fair ass nonsense, atomic manipulation, cloning, studies of the human aura, mm. advanced mind control applications, and very small volcanoes, <laughs> <laughs> vinegar and baking soda, living together, put some food coloring, <laughs> goddammit, animal human crossbreeding, Jesus and Christ. last but definitely least. Audio and video wiretapping. <laughs> well, that's not scientific. One of, one of these things is not like the other. In nature? I love it? that they put it last. That's not We're cloning hybrid alien humans, and also they're listening to our phone calls. <laughs> Are they listening to the alien-human hybrids phone calls? Hard to say. You'd, ha- you'd have to ask reptoids.com. Reptoids. <laughs> for, for clarification. Reptiles and skeptoids all I think it's like one. rep. Tillion humanoid is the is the combo they're going for. Oh, there. Mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Now it makes sense, right? Now I yeah. get it. Yeah, 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 of course. When you put it like that, <laughs> when you put it like that, like that, you right. Uh, anything you'd like to contribute to the the lore of Dulce in terms of what's happening there, who's in there, where they come from, where they go. Where did they come from, Sweary Boy Joe? Yes. Um, I mean, I think you hit all of the giant nails on the head. Um, the I think worth noting, we alluded to, but worth noting, the town of Dulce has many local residents who claim to have seen a variety of... Um, well, things we already talked about the catamulation stuff, but uh, UFOs flying in and over the mesa, around the mountain, uh, everything from in and out of the mountain, in and out of the mountain, um, everything from three football field wide discs have been reported to down to like as in three hundred yards or the width of a yeah, th- so like three hundred yards in diameter. Uh, flying it. saucers coming over the mesa. That's um, uh, nine hundred feet or go fuck yourself meters for our UK friends. Do you <laughs> sorry, all use meters? Sorry, uh, sorry. Oh Jesus! <laughs> okay, at least I know you guys use meters. Um, 
but imperialism. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, imperialism. Woo. But but like giant shit, like giant shit, <laughs> little shit. Um, there are some um, people have reported there being holes that are appear to be man-made. Some refer to them as vents. Oh, like in the side of mountains and stuff? In and around the mesa yeah, itself. Yeah. Um, there's also talk of antenna that mm. are there. And there are actually antenna there because if you've ever like been to a mountainous region, they have antenna on top of the mountains to pass signals up and then over into the next location. But it's- also there are people who see those and say what's underneath there that they're trying to get out or get in or whatever. It's probably worth noting too, that there are actual military installations in and around this area too. Yes. Again, like area 51 is not super far away from here. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have, I always forget if there is a name for it or what the name for it is, but the, uh, the Denver, Colorado, like mountain base, you know what I'm talking about? No. It's the one that's the re- it's like part of the reason that everyone thinks the Denver airport thing is real because there is actually like a I'm trying to think of ones I even know the name of. Wright Patterson's in Ohio. White Sands is New Mexico somewhere, right? Um Kirtland is New Mexico somewhere. Uh Sh- the Cheyenne Mountain complex is the yeah, one that I'm okay. thinking of in uh Oh, it's part of Peterson Air Force Base? Sure. I think. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, what you're the point you're making is that um well, and I think there may be some strange or uh unknown to the public but very terrestrial things happening in the, in the skies. Yeah. Also, depending on what you believe on the internet around the Dulce base story, there are also reports of when Dulce Base potentially started becoming a thing, which is shortly-ish after the Cold War ended. Mm. And that was obviously a time period where in vogue in the public imagination was this concept of fortified, underground, Yeah, if we all get bombed to fucking pieces... What what is the government doing to protect us? Time period. So I mean, there the, are for sure underground military complexes, right? That's been documented. Oh well, yeah, I'm I not mean, saying I, there specifically, but just as yeah, I mean, in the United States, the Cheyenne Mountain Complex is one of them. We've yeah. talked about on the show before. I don't know if there was a Patreon episode or a free episode, but we talked about Greenbrier, which was oh, yeah. the one in Virginia where it's supposed to be the command post for all of Congress to be able to be shuttled to. Um, in the event of a, an attack to, to keep, you know, legislation and like yeah. government active. So, yeah, I mean, like we know that there are, they exist as a concept, which is right. part of, I think what makes this well, to an extent, uh, it makes it live on and be believable. That's like, well, yes, we know the concept is real and we know that if it was real, they wouldn't want us to know it was real. Right. So. And the middle of the desert would probably be a, a good great location. place to do it. Yeah. And then you combine it with the eyewitness testimony of some of the local residents, yeah. some of the local residents who are troopers and whatever. And then you go, well, 
what what that Mesa do. Be, before <laughs> we get into um, maybe some of the origins and more realistic explanations for mm. what's happening. Sure. Can we go all the way left to the far end of the crazy shit spectrum before we bring it back in? Yeah. Do we do we want to talk about like the the characters that are involved in this whole thing? Yes, oh. but after this quick story oh, okay. about the wildest shit that has allegedly ever happened at Tulsa. Okay, got it. Um, Philip Schneider. I was just going to say, do we want to talk about Philip Schneider yes. first? Yes, okay. we do. I do. Great. I don't know about we. I definitely do. He, he's the, you can see in my notes, the first big name. Okay, perfect. I have a Philip Schneider section. Well, here we are. Uh, that section in my notes is called a battle and a floor plan. Uh, Philip Schneider was an explosive engineer, explosives engineer who worked for the U.S. government, also allegedly just around all of this. Yes. Um, he claimed that in 1979, he was involved in building a secret underground base in Dulce, New Mexico. Did you get into the subterranes? No. Mm. He, well, what are those? Uh, so... It's the same concept as a submarine, but instead of it being uh, Mar of the Sea, it's Ter as in of the Terra. Mm-hmm. And they're these hypothetical, but I think in recent years, actually not hypothetical, like the technology has evolved to where they're real things, where um, they're these like high-powered underground drills that drill like crazy tunnels and can melt rock and shit. And you put people in them? Uh People, I don't know if people are in them, but you, uh, you can like have them do tunneling drilling. They're like boring machines, like hardcore boring machines. Okay. Uh, yeah, maybe they were doing those. I don't know. He said he was blowing shit up, but I think the, what I heard was Schneider was blowing shit up. And also that was like part of it was drilling in to like blow shit up in these fucking Got it. crazy machines. Well, while he was drilling and or blowing shit up, um, he claims he came face to face with a seven foot tall, stinky gray alien. Stinky. Best adjective from that story. The quote, the stench was worse than the worst garbage can. Also put it on the list. The worst garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> or, wait, wait. Or is it worse than the worst garbage can? <laughs> The worst garbage can is pretty good, but worse than the worst garbage can is pretty good. If anyone wants to give us a one-star review on iTunes, <laughs> we just wrote it for you. Uh, that the, is the title. The entity was absolutely horrible, end quote. Um, he claims he was carrying a pistol at the time, and he shot and killed that alien plus another one. Yes. Um, another alien shot a ball of some sort of plasma at him. mm uh, which removed several of his fingers. That's and he claims he was saved by a green beret, who I guess just happened to be around. Um, and at the end of this battle, sixty people and an unknown number of aliens died underground at Dulce. So, just uh, some additional color. Of course, he provides no evidence of any of this. Uh, you just got to take his word and the fact that he is missing a couple fingers for it. The The story goes that he had a high security clearance and worked for the U.S. government. We don't have proof of that. Um, Shocking. He also asserted that the the reason for the presence of there wasn't there was not like a random Superman Green Beret who just came in out of nowhere. He the reason for the Green Berets and the special forces uh, being present where what they were doing was 
well, he didn't know what the what the purpose was, but speculated that there was an additional danger or threat that had not been identified. Like the stinky guys? Like when he came face-to-face with a uh, seven-foot-tall stinky alien. <laughs> Big stinker. So mm. they were protecting these engineers in their efforts to drill and blow up this space, if you will. Got it. Which, well... Not that we like really need to call this guy's story into question because it's questionable to begin with. But one of the things I find interesting about it is if you were doing work to blow up space for there to be a dual state base in these mountains. What were the aliens doing what, down what there? What were the aliens doing down there already? The rock-based aliens. I guess. Yeah. Like they're digging the, uh, down to find them. Do you ever play Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time? Hell Yeah. The the guys the who eat, the guys who eat rocks. No, Go- they're like Gor- Gorgons. Gorgons. Gor- Golems. Gorin. I thought it was a Golem. Gorgon. That's, that's the little guy from Lord of the Rings. Golem. Yeah, you're right. It's like Gorgon? isn't it Gorgon City or something like that? The the rock biter guys. I think you're right. I think you nailed it. Um, he went on to say, "Quote: There's a war under there." <laughs> Someone is yelling at their podcast. So I'm hard pretty sure right I got now. it right. No, I think you. Uh, someone's like, "It is Gorgon Ryan, you <laughs> fucking idiot." <laughs> Uh, he goes on to say, quote, there's a war under there, <laughs> and it's been going on since that time. Mm. Um, he claims there are 1,477 underground bases around the world. 129 of them are in the U.S. And he knows about all of them. And Yeah, exactly. And each of them cost at least $17 billion to build. Wow, Phil's uh, pretty fucking specific in his... Mm-hmm. For an explosives expert, he has a lot of knowledge. information about literally every underground hey, military base in the entire world, high not just the United States. level security clearance. Shout out to uh, Jimmy for sending us an email breaking down a lot of the bullshit that gets tossed around. Oh, yeah. Did you read that one? Uh, I did, yeah. I mean, I didn't read it word for word, but I, I saw that part. We, we have a listener who is a uh, has been a government contractor for a decade plus and uh, shed some light on a lot of the um, a lot of the nonsense that gets tossed around in regards to like security clearances and who has access to what information and and so on within the government and government contractors. Yeah. Um, last thing on this before we get into some maybe actual information, uh, I have a, a chart and a, a graphic, uh, a, I'm not sure a schematic, if you will, mm-hmm. of, uh, how the base is allegedly laid out. And you can find if you if you look if you Google uh, dual state base floor plan or layout or levels, you can get all kinds of wild information about information in quotes about what is going on down there. This is just one of them, but I found it particularly uh, entertaining. Have you um have you read the the John Rhodes piece? No. Can I read from that before we talk through the visuals? Please. Okay, so. John Rhodes is a UFO lecturer who let me let me walk backwards a little bit. Dude, we could we could be UFO we lecturers. We could be UFO. Yeah, we that are, could be your title one are, day. Are we not? We do we this do for not a, lecture. This is not a lecture. Well, we're no, enthusiasts but, for now. All right. All right. We gotta get we gotta book one speaking engagement as a duo, and then we can claim to be lecturers. That's fair. So, I, have you ever given a lecture on other things? I present all the time. Okay, so so for now you could be you UFO enthusiast slash lecturer. Okay, but I, it can't be connected until I lecture on the topic of UFOs. You're a UFO enthusiast who has presented lectures before. Sure, 
but we got to do one on UFOs. I feel really... like this show is close enough, man. We've given some really good diatribes. We have zero podiums in this room, bro, and no audience. Uh, we have a Lot. we have a we have a huge in audience. this room. In well, this yeah, room. but I, does who said a lecture has to be face to face with people? Hey, man, look. Define lecture. You put a podium in front of your chair and I'll shut my microphone off and I think we can count it. I'm for sure buying the tiniest podium <laughs> I could buy on Amazon in the next 15 minutes. And we're opening the next next week's episode with a lecture from Ryan Copperud. Hey, hey, B.A.? B.A. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Sick. Bachelor of Arts, correct. I always thought it was fun that I got three letters in my degree, even though it's like worth less than a normal B.A.? Well, oh, BFA? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's worthless. <laughs> the more letters it is, usually, the less yeah, valuable well, it is. Well, usually it goes the other way, if no, anything. for sure. All right, what do you got? So uh, part of, okay, so part of why we know what we know about Dulce Base, allegedly, mm-hmm. is the story of Thomas Costello. Mm. Did you come across Thomas Costello? I don't think so. So Thomas Costello... Allegedly, yeah, 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 whatever. Was a former Dulce base security officer who leaked content out of the base to one of his good friends. Allegedly, he had taken photographs and a couple pieces of paperwork and shown them to a good friend who was not able to, didn't actually get the photographs, but took, uh, took down their own sketches of the photographs, like bears with alien heads and duck feet. Um, Less that, more of like the schematic stuff. Oh, got it. Um, as well the, as the fire escape plan. <laughs> kind of, yeah, kind of. What do you do if there's a fire underground? You all got to go up. You just shut the oxygen off. I don't think that's going to work. What do you mean? Well, usually we die if we don't have that. Well, yes, but the idea is that everything is cordoned off in such a way that you could shut to. Never mind. Two I didn't, doors. I didn't need to ask that question. And they what, what did this dude see? Uh, so Thomas Costello is uh, basically someone who leaked the information of what was going on inside of Dulce to a friend. And John Rhodes alleges that he got a hold of the secondhand sketches. John that, Rhodes was the friend, or John Rhodes got them from the, from the friend Costanza's of, friend. Yes. Okay. So now we're three people removed. Yikes. Okay. Uh, John Rhodes writes, when I lectured on Friday, August 13th of 1993 in Las Vegas, I made public for the first time ever, the floor plans to levels one and six of the Dulce base. Mm. These floor plans were reproduced from the originals that were handed to Thomas Costello's friend. The, this friend did not previously release the floor plans because they were being used as a verification device to the claims of abductees who said they were there. To date, the originals have verified and disproved many stories circulating this field of ufology. This friend of Thomas Castells, however, believes that it is time to begin to reveal the missing pieces, dot, 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 dot. Its layout when inspected carefully appears to be extremely strategically planned. The dual safe base floor plan uh, from a vertical viewpoint resembles a wheel with a central hub and corridors radiating outwards like spokes. This, so strategic. So strategic. This hub is the focal point of the entire base. 
It is surrounded by central like security, hub, like a hub, if you will. <laughs> it is carefully, uh, it, it is surrounded by central security and extends through all levels of the base. I believe this core to be the Achilles heel of the entire facility. Is this dude just describing the Death Star? It probably contains, <laughs> this is great, it probably contains <laughs> fiber <I'm> optic <laughs> communications and power lines. And aliens. This would probably in there. This would justify its highly guarded and central location, as well as explain the vertical continuation throughout all levels, or like an elevator. With all communications lines and power lines focused towards the hub, it is possible that any one level could be completely locked down by its own security or the security hubs from either above or below its own level. How is this what this guy is worried about? Well, in some ways, it seems like his uh, his obsession with the design is like, how could you, how could you like, like, where is it vulnerable <laughs> In a way. Okay. Like, I'm John Rhodes, and I'm going in. Oh, I see. Like, yeah, okay, okay. Like, Leroy Jenkins! He's looking for a vulnerable spot. Maybe? I don't know. Uh, okay. But apparently an extremely hypothetically uh, vulnerable spot, since he's working off of drawings that came from a person who said they knew a person who worked at the base. Awesome. So, um, what's your what what is your level breakdown? Because I know that one was more general. That's why I wanted to say it before is, we got into this one is fantastic. The I don't specifics know, of the schematics of the dual state base. I don't know where it came from, other than the internet and originally MS Paint. Sick. Um, level one. We have security and communications. Mm. Oh, okay. So, sorry. Real quick before I get into the levels. Um, this, this portrays it as being a rectangular structure with a, an opening in the center that goes down through all seven levels, they yes. say. Um, and the center like cylinder is labeled UFO entrance on, on this one. Phenomenal. Um, I think it just looks, the one you're looking at looks rectangular because it's like a 2D a cross section. section. Uh, okay. But I think it is supposed to be. There are definitely 90 degree angles on here, but maybe they're showing just a, a section. Got it. Uh, level one, security and communications. Level two, human staff housing. Sure. Number three, or level three, execs and labs. Okay. <laughs> level four, <laughs> mind control experiments. Perfect. Level five, alien housing. Uh they gotta have they gotta have layers, right? The human housing is on two. Yeah, the you alien gotta have a couple layers of separation. Yeah, you mm -hmm. can't be. Mm -hmm. You get fraternization, and that's that's how we get hybrids. Well, level six is where the hybrids genetic are. experiments. Yep, and level seven cryogenic storage. Yes. Now that doesn't say of humans, of aliens, or of genetic experiments, or of all of the above. All of the above. It may be all of the above. Um, there Disney. are also apparently elevators running through this UFO entrance cylinder. That's what I'm saying. And then on, it appears to be level seven-ish, uh, there's something labeled underground shuttle to Lo Los Alamos. Perfect. Mm -hmm. That's expedient of them. Yep. Um... This also shows some like nice desert uh, and mountains on the sure. top level, some squiggly green lines, sure, and a UFO. Perfect, going right down the chute, going right down the chute. 
It's the launch pad. Uh-huh. It's the uh the runway, if you will. Yep, yep, yep. In and out. Easy peasy. Um before we get to maybe what's actually happening here. Sure. We have a, a shout out or maybe two. Shout outs. So hey. we have we have two technically um coming from the same person who use them as like you know, because there's a character limit, right? Yep. So he just bought two and made one really long one. That's tight as fuck. If you go to <laughs> if you go to whatitpodcast.com slash shoutouts uh, for 50 bucks, you can say whatever you want to a shitload of people on the internet, and uh, we'll like, say it. Like 5,000 minimum. Yeah, yeah. Way minimum. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. If you we do, do the it. worst episode of our lives. You guys, you guys are talking to a lot of people. You're still talking to minimum 5,000 people. Um, all right, here we go. This is from Jimmy. You're... Have fun at Contact in the Desert. Since I have nothing of value to say, would you please read these Amazon reviews for Uranium Ore? <laughs> whoa, 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 time to pop out. Uh, no, I think I'm going to keep going. I'm sorry, wait, is this a real thing? What? You can buy Uranium on Amazon? Well, I don't know, I didn't look, I'm just going to read these. It is not cat food. The cat's, <laughs> the cat's huge and well, doesn't really look much like a cat anymore. Oh my god, what? Uh, review number two. I was Wait, very, how was it? That no, was the whole review? That was review? the first one, yep. Uh, second review. I was very disappointed to have my uranium confiscated at the airport. It was a gift for my son for his birthday. Also, I'm in prison now, so that's not good either. I'm I'm probably gonna uh I'm probably gonna regret this, but I'm definitely Googling no, uranium you're, dog, on you're Amazon. On my Wi-Fi right now. You're fine. <laughs> uh three. I highly recommend this product for all your space-time travel projects. However, get it while you can because it will be completely sold out about two years from now where I live. I came back to write this review and warn all of you. Wow, this is definitely a real thing on Amazon. I don't know what you're actually getting, but it's a thing. With well, How much does it cost? It costs $39.95 with free shipping, and there is 1,282 customer reviews with incredible FAQ questions like... Uh, Oh, wait. Uh, if I opt for airmail, does it get delivered by Amazon Prime Air or CIA drones? And this person says, most probably a silver drone that's got Enola Gay written on its side. <sighs> Last review. I left this product next to my pet lizard. Unfortunately, now he's 350 feet tall and is currently destroying Tokyo. That's a great Godzilla reference. That's how you get Godzillas. And I, that's how we get, and that's how we get Godzillas. So if you want to make us read dumb shit for thousands of people, uh, go to whatifpodcast.com slash shoutouts and throw us 50 bucks and we'll read whatever the fuck you want. We for sure will. As long as it's not hurtful. Uh, yeah, that's the only, that's the big one. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the big one. All right. Uh, Thanks, sh- Jimmy. Shall we? We shall. Okay. Um, Brian, we talked a little bit at the top about Mirage Men, the documentary that came out, I think it was like 2013. Yes. Um, the story of Richard Doty. Yeah. I I rewatched it this morning because it had been a long time. And the first time I watched it, I wasn't as familiar with Dulce as a concept. Um, oh, you were not well versed in the human alien underground war of the Dulce base? Not as well as I am now, at mm. least. No. Um, so That's the, how you lose your fingers. <laughs> the fighting Grays underground, bro. The documentary focuses primarily on Richard Doty, who was a government slash Air Force employee in the 1980s. And, Allegedly. Well, I mean, 
Yeah, sure. He says he was, yeah. and others say he was. Yes. Um, through the 80s, and I'm not sure for how long after that, um, but this focus is mostly in the 80s. Yes. He said, quote, back in the 80s, it was my job to confuse the UFO community. It's a direct quote from him. Um, so he was tasked with supplying disinformation to UFO researchers and enthusiasts mm-hmm. in the 80s. Um, the goal of that being to distract from uh, or deflect from actual government uh, experiments or aircraft tests or a variety of covert operations that people may have stumbled across. Yep. Um, he said he distributed about 20% fact versus 80% fiction to these folks. Uh, the logic being that if you mix in some actual information here and there, it makes the whole story more believable sure. and muddies the waters a lot farther. One of the first people that he successfully did this to or with was a gentleman named Paul Benowitz, who in 1979 started seeing weird lights in the sky at night near his house just outside of Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Um. He lived very close to Kirtland Air Force Base, which is just on the outskirts of Albuquerque. Yeah. And decided that there was a good chance that whatever this activity was, it might be related to the Air Force Base. Yep. He also happened to be very skilled in the world of uh, electronics and electrical engineering and um, was able to, well record like pretty good quality photo and video of these things he was seeing. Yep. But he was also able to intercept and record radio transmissions coming from the base. He didn't think that the transmissions he was picking up or the technology he was seeing was originating from the U S air force. He thought it was either extraterrestrial or another country. Right. Something, uh, something potentially dangerous. Right. So he calls Kirtland Air Force Base to tell them what he's seen, what he's heard, and that he has documentation of it. The Air Force Base connects him with Richard Doty. And Doty realizes pretty quickly after talking to him and after seeing some of the stuff he's he, seeing and hearing some of the stuff he's recorded, that he, that Benowitz was picking up transmissions from the base relating to secret uh, tests and experiments that the U.S. Air Force was doing flight at, program at Kirtland. Yeah. So Doty and a physicist from uh, Kirtland go to Paul's home to see, like, okay, what all do you have? Right. What all are you capable of? And they realize that, like, he has picked up some classified information that he should not have and that he's capable of picking up more and reproducing these results based on the type of audio and video gear that he has at his house. Got too much dip on your chip, bud. (laughs) (laughs) So they, because Benowitz is, had a pre-existing interest in UFOs and Mm -hmm. the extraterrestrial angle, they decide to lean into that and sort of nudge him in that direction right. of saying like, wow, yeah, you really have captured some weird stuff here. Right. Uh, that's not ours. We don't know what that is. 
I guess maybe you're seeing UFOs. Tell us more. Yeah. Like, can you, can you keep an eye on that for us basically? Yeah. As a way for them to, uh, keep track of what he's seeing and how much of their information is leaking out and to try and like clamp that down. Right. But also to push him away from realizing that he's observing classified government stuff and potentially disseminating that information. Right. So at the same time, uh, and it's unclear if from, I'm pulling most of this from, uh, the documentary Mirage Man. Um, it's unclear, and Doty claims that these things were unconnected, but the NSA also started fucking with Benowitz mm. and giving him information about information in quotes, disinformation about aliens and UFOs. Right. Either by planting stuff onto his computer at home. Ooh. Or um by sending, they would, they were able to post up somewhere near his house and override the radio transmissions that he was intercepting from the base. Ooh, give him some fun ones. And give him some coded messages with like alien and UFO shit mixed in. Damn. So he's picking, he's pointing his, whatever type of receiver he's using at a base. And then, at which two or from which two employees have told him, yeah, you saw some UFOs, please keep it quiet. And he's picking up messages that when he decodes them are talking about aliens and UFOs being on earth. And they're in a van in front of his house with like a high frequency radio signal that they're just like pumping into his house. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So Paul, I mean, understandably thinks he's on to some actual shit. He's already interested in this stuff. He already believes in this stuff. Right. Now he's had what to him looks like multiple independent confirmations of aliens, UFOs, crafts, crashes, all this stuff. And he starts digging deeper and um, I'm not exactly sure how he came to this conclusion, but he starts hearing um, about other similar sightings and reports about three hours north of him in Dulce, New Mexico. Mm. So being a pilot, he rents a small plane and flies up there. Cool. Cool. And he sees some weird stuff. He sees lights that he can't explain. He sees things that appear to be moving in and out of the mountain range. And he actually sees a crashed craft on one of the mountains. Ooh. So he reports back to Doty, uh I found some shit. If you guys don't already know about it, you might want to know about it. So Doty hops in the plane with him and they go back. And he's taking photographs of all this stuff. He's got a like a large format 8x10 camera, so he's taking like really high resolution huge negatives. Yeah, yeah. Flying over this stuff. And Doty says in the film like I there were times when I was with Paul that I thought maybe we really did find some shit. Oh, that's interesting. Because this is not like, he doesn't know what's going on up there. This is not where he's stationed. He's not uh, privy to all of the stuff that's happening at some other air force base 
three hours away from him. Right. And he said, you know, we, when I was with him, we saw lights that I didn't know what they were. They looked they, crazy. They appeared to be moving in weird ways. We really did see some sort of aircraft that had crashed on the mountain. Like that stuff was there and I didn't know about it. Yeah. So Dodie again leans in and says, yeah, that's a nuclear powered aircraft that we got from the aliens and we've been trying to reverse engineer it and figure it out. And we crashed it. And, and he's he, just straight up making this up because he believes at the time that they're seeing U.S. government shit. He's assuming, okay, yeah, they're doing similar tests to what we're doing at Kirtland. Um, I don't know specifically what these things are, but obviously it's not aliens. So I'm going to bullshit about it to keep the keep the thread rolling. Because this not only keeps my project safe, but keeps... Whatever it is they're doing up here safe as well. And also keeps this guy getting a consistent line of quote unquote information. And also disseminating that information because Benowitz is not necessarily keeping all of this to himself. Right. And they weren't concerned with him keeping it to himself because they, they knew it wasn't real information. They wanted him to I disseminate. Say, they wanted it to spread for, throughout him. To the UFO community, this misinformation. That's the whole point. Right. Because then every time anyone looks... And dual say at the at the mountains or this and sees anything, they're not going like, wow, what's the capabilities of the US government? That's pretty crazy that the US government can do that. Instead, it's did you know that there's hybrid half cow humans that are <laughs> six floors under and there's a big UFO elevator shoot? Right. It's um, pretty crazy. Paul starts I mean, he's convinced that he not only has seen this stuff, but that he has photographic evidence of it. Oh. I mean, he took photos of... Something. Something. Yep. I mean, probably a crashed test flight of some kind. I would, I'm would. i so surprised that in, in any era that it wouldn't be like the U.S. government's A1 priority to go get that shit this, like the second that thing goes down. I'm not sure how he was allowed to fly over it, honestly. Right. Because if it's in a spot where all you, you could only see it from the air and you control the airspace, I mean, maybe it's probably not an easy spot to get to on foot. It's going to be hard to move that much shit out of there. Right. You know, it might take a few days or weeks or whatever. True. It could have been fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure they weren't planning on leaving it there forever, but yeah. maybe it was just coincidental that he flew over the next day or something. Yeah, I guess. I don't know how you fly over that airspace and don't get shot down though, or at least talk to. Yeah, because there's so many, I mean... Unless Doty hit him up and was like, hey, we're flying through, let us go, like... Right. I mean, we talked about, what is it, Tonopoa or... I don't know what that is. It's the one by Area 51, Tonopoa range or something like that. I don't remember that. But, But yeah, just like it it is a vertical blockade you cannot fly right. doesn't matter if you're at 100,000 feet or you're at 10,000 feet right nowhere in there are you allowed to go over vertically or horizontally yeah, over I guess that I'm, vertical space i i know next to nothing about military operations but i i am assuming that any area over a military or an air force base is controlled airspace yeah. i would assume I guess there's an there there's another possibility inside of it where it's like did he 
did they know? Did they let him do that? To that's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. That's, that seems like the most likely answer. I just don't know that for sure. Yeah. Um, Benowitz, because of all this, starts writing to elected officials within the U.S. government, describing what he was seeing, sending sketches and prints of these photos, and naming the people he was working with within the Air Force, saying, like, I've seen it. Here's photographic evidence of it. And these guys at this Air Force base said so. Which is interesting because this is where, to me, disinformation campaigns start to fall apart really intensely. Mm -hmm. When you give people just enough, if those people do get, I mean, you can turn them into quacks in, you know, casino conferences around the country. But if they actually mobilize any effort towards leaders who want to know what's going on in my jurisdiction, what's going on in my state. But here's, here's where I think it, this type of campaign has been really successful. And if you do enough of them, it can be very successful is that the whole topic has been delegitimized. Of and what? Of UFOs? Of UFOs. Yeah. Yeah. And so even in the eighties, if you were writing to someone about UFOs, they're automatically not taking you seriously from the jump. I mean, if you're the, the yeah, if you're the governor of of a state and you get a letter from one of your constituents saying, I saw an alien spacecraft in the mountains, you're not taking him seriously. You're probably not even writing back to him. Or you write back LOL. Right. And so by giving out so much false information that's patently absurd to yeah. most people. Right. Uh, the fact that there are aliens here flying nuclear-powered spaceships around right, right. is not very believable. Now, even if there is 20% of truth to it, you're not going to take any of it seriously. Right. And now the whole topic isn't taken seriously because 80% of the whole topic is bullshit. Right. Right? Like, but that 20%, though. Well, exactly. Right. <laughs> but... Um, they did, the, the Air Force and Doty did start getting concerned, A, about how far he, Benowitz was taking all of this, and B... <laughs> hey, hey, man, it was, <laughs> hey, it was a joke. Can, well, can, can we buy you a beer? Come over here, dude, man. Doty says he sat down with him in the 80s, uh, by the late 80s, and said, like, you have to stop. Like, yeah. chill. Here's what we were doing. Yeah. Um, here's what you actually saw, but didn't here's that, why we told you that you saw something different and like, you need to stop because he was, he was going so far off the rails that his mental and physical health were deteriorating rapidly too. But didn't at the time, n- now that I'm, Benowitz. yeah, now, now that I'm remembering a little bit more about watching Rajman, didn't at the time, didn't that convince him even deeper that what he was seeing was what he was seeing? And he was so, like, oh, now you're just trying to tell me that it was something else? So he took it in the opposite way that Doty had been telling him the truth the whole time or some version of the truth. He had gotten too close. He was being too active. And he had to walk and it now back. they needed him to stop. Yeah. And so Benowitz thought that what Doty was telling him about this disinformation campaign and these classified flights and tests. He thought that was the lie to try and cover up the truth they had been telling him previously rather than the other way around. 
which is that there are cow baby aliens so in just, the hill. Just to wrap this up real quick. Um, they no, stopped, this is good. They stopped working. I'm, I'm just looking at our, our time here. Oh. But uh, the Air Force and Doty stopped working with Benowitz by 88 or 89. His family checked him into a psychiatric facility in 88, and he never really recovered as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, and then Doty went on to like do this to other people Yeah, and continue fucking with the UFO community, intentionally disseminating bad information. Yeah. Um, as far as I can tell that Doty Benowitz saga is really what brought the UFO community at large's attention to the idea of Dulce. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the cattle mutilation stuff that we've been kind of hinting at uh, comes from really one person named Gabe Valdez, yep. who was a New Mexico state trooper and heard about Benowitz's stuff yep. and decided, like, maybe I should look into that. That's close to me. That sounds weird. Like, right. I, I doubt there's aliens, but maybe there's something going on up there. I should go have a look. Right. And when he started looking into it, he started not finding aliens or UFOs, but he started getting tons of cattle mutilation reports from ranchers in the area. Yep. And he dug pretty deeply into cattle mutilation reports. Um, and he was hearing stuff like, or not hearing, he claims he and his team found gas masks and syringes in the vicinity of the mutilations. And glow sticks. As well as UFOs, saucers, and strange lights frequently in the vicinity of cattle mutilations. Yep. And I, he's saying he and the people he was working with saw these things firsthand. This is not like we got reports of, like, we went to these sites and we saw these things. Right. Right. Um, some of these reports have been made public, and I have... A pretty long, but I think like kind of summarizes the whole thing. Quote from one of those reports. All right, let's do it. Information furnished by Officer Valdez indicates that the animals are being shot with some type of paralyzing drug and the blood is being drawn from the animal after an injection of an anticoagulant. It appears that in some instances, the cattle's legs have been broken and helicopters without identifying numbers have reportedly been seen in the vicinity of these mutilations. Officer Valdez theorizes that clamps are being placed on the cow's legs and they're being lifted by helicopter to some remote area where the mutilations are taking place and then the animal is returned to its original pasture. The mutilations primarily consist of removal of the tongue, the lymph nodes, lower lip, and sexual organs of the animal. Much mystery has surrounded these mutilations, but according to witnesses, they give the appearance of being very professionally done with a surgical instrument, and according to Valdez, as the years progress, each surgical procedure appears to be more professional. I'm assuming they mean precise when they say professional? Yeah. Officer Valdez has advised that in no instance to his knowledge are these carcasses ever attacked by predator or scavenger animals, although there are tracks which would indicate that coyotes have been circling the carcasses from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, he also advised that he has requested Los Alamos scientific laboratory to conduct investigations for him, but until just recently has been advised that the mutilations were done by predatory animals. 
Officer Valdez stated that just recently he has been told by two assistants at Los Alamos that they were able to determine the type of tranquilizer and blood anticoagulant that have been used. Whoa. That's interesting. So that is from, uh, it's a declassified, I believe, FBI document. That's really interesting. I've never heard before in all of the cattle mutilation stories that we've talked about, and you know cattle mutilations in some ways is like kind of my kryptonite out of this whole thing because I find them... (laughs) It's the spookiest. I just find them... I've said this on the show before, but whatever, I'll say it again. Who cares? I I find them to be the most interesting because we have so little actual evidence for so much of the shit that we talk about. And This This is is the most specific description I think I've heard of actual investigated cases yes and the most specific part of this most specific version that i've never heard before is an ability to identify a tranquilizer or an anticoagulant is a thing that i've never heard anyone say which would also if true make sense of a lot of other aspects of cattle mutilations like the fact that they don't there never appears to be any sort of struggle yep uh whatever's being done doesn't seem to be being done in the location where the animal is found. Right. There's never blood or rarely blood. Yep. Uh, Often the animals are not being eaten or scavenged by other animals, which would make sense if they, uh, I mean, I'm assuming that an animal could sense blood could, well, could smell whatever chemical drugs, chemicals shouldn't be there. Um, and with a lack of there being blood, it's probably less, I mean, sharks smell blood in the water, right? Like it's, it's less. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if other animals hunt that way, but maybe. I would imagine it's part of the instinct to smell blood and know that there's food ahead, but. So. Well, that's weird. And when you look at like being tied to UFO stuff. Yeah. Cattle mutilations are often tied to UFOs, whether it be seeing unidentified objects or lights in the sky in the area. Right. Or, you know, you hear reports of cows or other animals being lifted up in the air or dropped from a high altitude. The thing I don't get about, like, if if you're going to make the argument, not you, the proverbial you, if you're going to make the argument that cattle mutilations are happening with identifiable anticoagulants and sedatives by then ostensibly a government organization of some kind. Why, what value is there in returning that fucked up animal to some location? Is it not a way easier and better thing to just throw that thing in some sort of furnace or whatever and be done with it? Like, why Why return it to its location? I don't know. But I can maybe explain part of that. Um, or at least, like, tie some of this together a little bit. And then I think maybe I also could uh, serve as a good place to land this shit. So there was, in the 60s, a project called... Project Gas Buggy. Did you come across this at all? Did. Okay. Um, The Atomic Energy Commission was planning to, and I believe succeeded in detonating small nuclear devices underground Mm -hmm. 
as a way to extract natural gas from the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the idea being something along the lines of fracking these days that by fracturing the earth underground, you can release gas and then capture it. Yep. Um, this did not work. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> uh, this was December of 67 that they attempted this. How are we going to get the gas? I don't know. Blow a nuclear bomb up. Did it work? Well, no. Nah. <laughs> also, like you're releasing a ton of radiation. Yeah. Um, so. 80s were wild, man. I, uh, this was the 60s, 67. 60s were yeah, wild, we were just man. we were nuking anything back then. Just I, I don't know. We have this shit. What can we use it for? New toy, right? Um. So one theory goes, we're blowing up nukes underground. Yep. In the desert in the yep. 60s, people are reporting by the 70s and 80s. Rumors of weird underground military shit in the mm-hmm. area, right? Um, vehicles going in and out of underground areas up from the mountains, weird lights, weird craft, all this stuff. At the same time, we're getting a lot of reports of cattle mutilations. Yep. And helicopters and other weird shit in the area. Yep. One theory that ties the two together is that the cattle mutilation was a government project to try and measure the potential effects of the nuclear testing they were doing in the area Mm. over a, I don't know, a a long-term study of, we blew this shit up in the sixties. What does it look like in terms of environmental impact 10 years from now, 20 years from now? generations of cattle in the area or whatever it might be both in i mean and i guess we can assume they were probably also testing soil and groundwater and stuff but sure what effect does it have on large mammals in the area uh right you know because obviously we can't test human beings but let's see how close we can get right um to me that does a pretty good job of explaining a lot of this shit yeah. In terms of, I could see underground nuclear tests combined with classified aircraft tests combined with cattle actually being taken from fields and right. having whatever done to them. You to put all those three them. things together that could have plausibly been happening in a, in this, you know, semi small area. Right. I would think something pretty fucking weird is going on. Yeah, for sure. And and I think it doesn't explain why those cattle are being returned to those locations. No, which I still find very strange, but I think the other thing too that is worth, you know, saying is with all three of those things, there is inevitably um weirdness that accompanies that. Yeah. Right? Like if you saw any one of those things Without context, and even with context, they're all weird things, right? Yes. Even if you know what it is, it's still weird. Yes. If you saw any one of those things out of context, you would assume something really fucking strange was going on. For sure. And like, there is a distinct, excuse me, there's a distinct possibility that the U.S. government was hiring explosives engineers. That's the other thing. This stuff would have mostly been contracted out. Yeah. To drill holes in mountains so that Mm -hmm. they could go lay a nuke down there. 
and blow something up. And that's going to lead to a bunch of weird stories about why are there army engineers digging holes, working with green berets and special forces? Cause you know, they're not just like leaving. They're not like not protecting a nuclear weapon. If they're going to go drop it in the bottom of a mountain. Well, and, and everybody who's leaking stuff knows 5% of the, the, the actual picture. Right. And then you get a bunch of 5% being passed two, three times down the line before they actually get public until it's, Hey, my friend was an army engineer who said he saw, he killed 60. He heard, right. Right. <laughs> that game of telephone gets pretty buck wild pretty quick. Yeah. But I think like, that's what I mean by the weirdness that accompanies it. Right. Is like, it's not just the actual event of like detonating a nuclear weapon. It's the infrastructure, the mm-hmm. travel, the vehicles, the individuals that like have to be in that location in order to do that just once. And as far as I could tell, the project was not just detonating one. It was detonating like multiple over I'm multiple sure. different yeah. like, you know, locations. You, you don't do all that to do it once. Right. And then to your point, you tack onto that local air, local Air Force bases. Like I said, like, you know, Area 51 was 500 miles away, but still in that time, like 500 miles is not that far for test flights from base to base or whatever it might be. Yeah. And then you add on testing what the impact of what they were doing was. Yeah, you get a whole weird cocktail of shit. You sure do. I think we did a pretty good job with that one. Hey! That, I mean, that's a wild-ass story that could definitely take more than an hour, but we I think we hit all the weirdest shit in an hour. We hit the high points. Well done. Well done. Well done, my friend. Hey, it's the What It Podcast. Thank y'all for listening and supporting the show. Like we said, if you want to leave a voicemail, it's 612-246-4614. Damn, I wanted to try Ah, shit, I should have made you do it. <laughs> uh, our email is hi at whatifpodcast.com. We sell merch, swag, tees, uh, hoodies, posters, all kinds of shit at shop.whatifpodcast.com. If you go to that same place, you can also find our shoutouts if you want to get a shoutout on the show. Yer. Go there, do that. Uh, we love y'all. Thanks for listening. As always, we will see you next week.